keeping you posted on the biggest contest in football. This is The Rivalry, sponsored by Raisin Games. I did not call to play, I came to dominate, dominate, dominate. I did not the last college football game of the season kicks off in just five days but good news only 241 days and a lot of adjustments to go to the start of the 2020 season my name is mitch he is jace thanks for joining us really every week this year for the 20 minutes or so as we dissect the intricate and the just plain silly of the two greatest football programs of college football history ohio state and michigan on twitter at jace and mitch j-a-c-e and Mitch, by the way, when you go and find us on Twitter at Jason Mitch right now, there's an incredible tweet that you're going to have a lot of fun with. Um, it, it's a gif of it's a gif, whatever. It's a moving image of just about every <laughs> major college football team in the country. It rotates through their helmets really fast and you stop it like you just tap on the screen, stop it. And the first four teams that you stop that stops on are next year's four college football playoff teams. It's a lot of fun. My my favorite so far has been like I got Oklahoma yeah, State. You got Oklahoma I got State. Oklahoma State, Wisconsin, Iowa State, and Kentucky. Okay, I Not got great. Texas, Nebraska, Tennessee, and Michigan State. Good for the Big Ten to get two teams in. <laughs> Not who I would have picked. My fa- my favorite is from our good friend, uh, friend of the show, Ben Lennox, good friend of the program, who got Baylor, Baylor, Baylor. <laughs> No way. And Nebraska. So oh, congratulations gosh. to Baylor. Going to have a really interesting 2020 season. So on Twitter at Jace and Mitch. And of course, if you can leave a review on iTunes, tune in Spotify, wherever that helps as well. Big thanks to our sponsor again, Raising Canes, for sticking with us the whole season long. In today's show, we're going to go over some Ohio State news, some Michigan news, as well as give our projections, our thoughts, our takes hot or cold, on the national championship that's happening in just five days. It's going to be down there in New Orleans in Louisiana. It's going to kick off at 8 p.m. next Monday. First things first, Ohio State news. I am so excited for next season. Can I just tell you something crazy? You can. That's the point of this podcast. Something crazy. Last year, so the 2018 season, last year Ohio State went 13-1, and beat six top 25 teams, won a Big Ten championship, the Rose Bowl, and had a Heisman finalist at quarterback, and became the third most improved team this year in college football. Only behind LSU at number two and Louisville at number one. (laughs) Is that insane or what? So how do you improve from 13-1 to 13-1? Insanity. I don't... I could like not like that's what we could have said last year. It's definitely, I think, oh, front to back, it's a better football. Like if I'm being tongue in cheek here, on the that has to be coming on the defensive side of the football, right? The defensive side of the football has been vastly improved for Ohio State. The offensive side has been, in my mind, just as good. I haven't noticed anything that's changed. I suppose you could say J.K. Dobbins might be the big change in that he's had a phenomenal year because he's not splitting touches with Weber anymore. That does surprise me, and it's probably fairly... Like, Louisville makes sense. Louisville was awful (laughs) last year. Exactly. They're still not good, but they're much improved. LSU has obviously done far and away. Ohio State, I feel like, is kind of the same team, just a little bit deeper on defense. So this is getting to my point where... Over the offseason, with LSU losing a ton of wide receivers and their quarterback... I don't see them as being a threat for next, next year. For next year, 
as 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 big of a threat. I think Clemson and Ohio State in the offseason will be the top two teams going into next year because they're keeping their quarterbacks, they're keeping a lot of their wide receivers, they're keeping a lot of their team. All this is is fuel for a rematch in the Fiesta Bowl next year for Clemson Ohio State to go at it because they're, it's going to be a very similar-looking team on both sides of this you know, matchup. You'd think after you lose to a team four times and haven't beat them, you'd stop wanting a rematch with them. But is that what you fine. are with Ohio that's State? Fine. Let's let's hear it. Do you want to stop playing Ohio State? No way! <laughs> it's just the way it is. I, it will be interesting <laughs> to see LSU next year, too, because, again, we... It's so hard to tell what a team's going to look like from year to year because you do. LSU has obviously a ton of really high recruits that are coming in, but where are they going to be used? How will they actually perform? All this stuff is going to be a question mark. I think for Ohio State, too, uh, we mentioned this a little bit last episode, but it's a similar Ohio State team, but you are going to be losing some wide receivers. You are going to be losing J.K. Dobbins. There are some, you're losing Chase Young, for goodness sake. Uh, which, by the way, that news broke about 30 minutes after our episode published last week. Yeah, how and we're like, who knows what's going to happen with Chase? So then we sound like idiots. Sorry about that. We'll try to sound less like that this week. Um, but, you know, like Ohio State's the landscape right. is going to change for them, too. We talked about the game against Oregon. Uh, second week of the season, you go to uh, Outson Stadium. Oregon is going to be a very different football team because Justin Herbert's not going to be there. So. From year to year, it's going to change. I agree, though, the projection for Ohio State, the ceiling is still very, very high next year. It's still going to be a talented team. It's still going to be, they will think, I mean, they'll be a, a top four team in the AP poll when next year's comes out. I'm going to say a line, and I want you to tell me the the first word that comes to your mind. Little word association. Yes. Chris Olave. I don't have anything. You don't have anything? No. I Because mean, in the Michigan I mean, the games, he always shows up. And demolishes, and he's coming back. We have Chris Olave and Garrett he'll, Wilson. Maybe he'll finish running his route this time. Oh, you, okay, that's fair. That's, it hurts, but that's fair. Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are coming back next year. They combined for 17 touchdowns this year. They're going to be awesome leaders on the wide receiver side of things. Jonathan Cooper. Jonathan Cooper's a name that probably not a lot of people are familiar with. Jonathan Cooper was the guy that started this year as a team captain on defense on the opposite side of the defensive line of Chase Young. He decided to redshirt after things got going in the season, which what he says was the hardest decision he's really had to make in his football. It's not something you want to do other than if you're playing a video game. Like it's, it's such a difficult thing to do. But because he's done it, he's now the guy that's picking up where Chase left off. Jonathan Cooper is the guy that's going to attempt to fill a massive hole with Chase Hole Chase Young going to the draft. I'm excited to see that. And then we've got Master Teague coming in at running back, which 100% honesty, I'm nervous about because yeah. how do you fill the shoes of a guy that is the second greatest Ohio State running back of all time and arguably the best running back of all time for Ohio State. Well, you mentioned this we last you mentioned this last episode too of it, it is so much of Ohio State is just reload, not rebuild. So it's been how do we replace Zeke? How do we replace, you know, uh, JK Dobbins? How do we replace Ohio State finds ways to do this because they're a good team, they recruit well. It's the same thing on the defensive side. What do we do without Joey Bosa? What do we do without Nick Bosa? What do we do without Chase Young? Maybe we do a series called Ohio State according to Jeff Goldblum where he goes, the Buckeyes <laughs> find a way. We could do that. We'll get Jeff on the phone as soon as we can. <laughs> Ohio State will be will be fine because they have the talent. They have the players. They have the personnel. 
I would say I, I agree with you because I, I've been pushing for this. I feel like you've kind of pushed back. I'm glad to know that you're starting to come over to where I'm at. That Master Teague is a fine Big Ten running back, but I haven't seen anything in the games that he's played so far that has impressed me that much. He's looked like a fine running back. That's, that's you know how what I mean. Like it's not, it's, he's not an all star. He's not going to. He's I, not going to break a game open for you the way a J.K. Dobbins. You look can. at his numbers, and granted, he had he was playing second to J.K. Dobbins, who was phenomenal. But the guy had 800 yards on the season, which again is fine. It's nothing special. But I mean, he didn't get a lot of running time, so that's that. That is what it is. He had almost half the well, yards. And, that JK and so much had. of that is game script too. Yep. I mean, because even even it's like wow, but still eight hundred yards. Yeah, but he's playing in the fourth quarter of a seventy-three to ten game. Exactly. The defense isn't playing up to snuff. So all these things are obviously speculation. It's fun. I think that for me is the big. I'm putting a big circle around that heading into spring ball, heading into next year. What does the running back situation look like? For Ohio State, because on the Michigan side, that's actually something that Michigan is not going to have to worry about. Yeah, let's so talk Michigan, about the Wolverines here. Michigan's got two freshman running backs this year that will obviously be coming back next year. Hassan Haskins, Zach Charbonnet. That that's great. That that is excellent for Michigan because that's been a place that they've struggled. By the way, Chris Evans is now eligible for next year as well. Whoa. So Michigan will have potentially, if they wanted to use a three three person backfield, which Josh Gaddis, you see him swap different people in from time to time. I'm sure they will. We'll have Chris Evans, Hassan Haskins, and Zach Charbonnet. That's going to be crucial for the Wolverines. The big question for Michigan was going to be who of the wide receiver core was going to be staying. You had Ronnie Bell. It was assumed he was staying, and he will. You had Nico Collins and Donovan Peoples-Jones. There was a possibility that both of those latter two were going to go to the draft. By the way, Tariq Black transferring. DPJ did declare for the draft over the weekend. That's a big loss for Michigan. Yep. But I think the more important thing at this point is that Nico Collins is coming back. Yeah, that's going to be a veteran. That's going to be with this wide receiver group. That's going to be able to that that veteran presence, not just the fact that he's picking up targets, not just the fact that he's the number one wide receiver on the team, all that stuff, but the veteran presence of a Nico Collins. If you lose both your seniors, both DPJ and Nico, that leaves you in a, Bit of a tougher spot. So that's big. Nico Collins will be back. Uh, Ronnie Bell will be playing. You'll have uh, presumably Giles Jackson will get a lot of runtime. Uh, Mike Singristal, Cornelius Johnson. So Michigan has a yeah. lot of good horses at wide receiver that I think will be will really continue to help that offense. And that's where the question and there's nothing really to speculate on here. Who's going to play quarterback? Mm-hmm. And because Patterson's done, Patterson's graduating, he's going, I, I believe he's going to the draft. He hasn't actually said whether or not he's pursuing football. Obviously, there's the big talk about, is he going to go the baseball route? Don't know, but he's obviously graduated. It'll be a battle between Dylan McCaffrey and Joe Milton, barring a random transfer portal. You know, if maybe Justin Fields is tired of playing in Columbus and wants to come up to Ann Arbor. Who's okay, to say? So, so specifics aside, give me your overall thoughts as you're looking into next season. I, I just want a basic, just overall, what is the feeling of 2020 Michigan football? I think if we are going to be realistic about all the things we've talked about over the course of this year, about where this team's at, where the competition that they're playing is at, I would not be, I would expect about a 10 and two season. 10 and two. I, I think that's fair. It's a, it's a tough schedule. We've talked about it. You've got a, a road game at Washington to open up. You've got. Penn State, Michigan State, Wisconsin, back to back to back. You go to Minnesota. That game scares me. 
Uh, you've got Ohio State at the end of the year. You've got Michigan State in there. I think a 10-2 and two season, You should. I know people won't, but you should be able to sit back and go, you know what, that's a pretty good year. Look, look at who we played. Look at what we're working with. First-year starter. That's a pretty good season. I would expect a 10-2 and two season, and I would be I'd be pleased with it. Obviously, you want your team to go undefeated win a national title. I don't think that's realistic. I think a 10 and 2 season is well within reach. I think you could even do it pull an 11 and 1 season out. You've obviously got one game at the end of the year that just has not been able to get past. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and it's in Columbus. Yeah, an 11 and 1, 10 and 2 season. I think everyone should be very happy with that. Yeah, I think that is within reach. You know what else is within reach? Crinkle cut fries. That's true. Better better than an 11 and in one season. Some tender, crispy chicken fingers, some cane sauce, a little slaw, if you like the slaw, a little sweet tea. It's all within reach because Cane's is not that far away, and it's the best place to get lunch whenever you're thinking about football. You don't even have to be watching football, but when you're thinking about football, it's what crosses your mind. It's it just it goes naturally well with it. Raising Cane's has been awesome with this podcast the whole season long. They've been a huge supporter. Uh, we've been getting it throughout the entire season, and there's just something about the fries, the fingers. It just it is comfort food. It doesn't get any better than that. The chicken, it's waiting on you right now. It's marinating right now because they marinate the chicken 24 hours in advance. I don't know if you knew that, but it's amazing that the chicken is literally getting ready for you right now as you're listening to this. Raising Cane's is awesome. Big thanks to them. You can check them out at RaisingCanes.com. On Twitter at Jace and Mitch, your chance to win a $25 gift card to Raising Cane's when you predict a closer national championship score than Mitchell or I will. We'll give our predictions. We'll put this episode with those predictions up on Twitter. You just retweet that. Uh, Go ahead and put your score prediction and you could win 25 bucks in chicken and Texas toast. Let's talk, and slaw. Let's talk for about the, the cat fight that's coming up on Monday night, which is what I'm calling the game. I've got the Tigers. I don't know about you. You've got the Tigers. Yeah. Interesting. Because I have the Tigers. Interesting. Yeah. LSU takes on Clemson Monday night. It's a good thing this episode. Like, <laughs> it's a good thing this season's ending because people are like, okay, okay, that's you're nice. done now. I thought it was amazing the difference that happened going into the playoffs. Versus what's sitting right now, where actually LSU was a one-point underdog going into the playoffs as in the theoretical uh, championship game between these two. They were one-point underdogs over Clemson. Right now, LSU is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. So that game versus Ohio State really did not make Clemson look so good to a lot of the betters and analysts that are happening right now. Because I think, as as I said last, last episode, that... Clemson didn't really win that game. Ohio State lost the game. All of there's there was so many drives when you have a 16 point lead and then you continue to do these these dumb mistakes and a lot of these points that Clemson scored were from Ohio State penalty extended drives yep. and broken plays. So I don't think it made Clemson look very good. Now I still think Clemson is a phenomenal team and deserve to be there. Don't hear me the wrong way. But I do think that when you have more than 75% of the people betting on the game taking LSU, <laughs> there's a pretty good chance that LSU is going to win this game. Well, and LSU, quite frankly, doesn't make the same mistakes Ohio State does. This is a team that has looked locked in from the beginning of the season. Say what you, and we've talked about this, but say what you want about Texas and where Texas is at and. Frankly, Texas just went out and smoked Utah in their bowl game. So, yeah, Texas is 8-5, and five, but Texas is still an all-right team. LSU went into Austin the second week of the season when Texas was still a top-10 team and beat them. And the schedule that you know the schedule, LSU has walked through every single team 
in the SEC. They 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 beat top, about four or five top ten teams. They won a big playoff game over Oklahoma. Not just one. They destroyed Oklahoma. So I, I don't think that it's surprising to see LSU open as a five and a half point favorite. They've been locked in. They look good. They're playing pretty flawless football. They've got a Heisman winner. There was no Heisman letdown. Not at all. It was which only is always kind of a question mark. Yes, it was unreal. I mean, just the way that Joe Burrow seems to and the LSU Tigers seem to be operating. The hey, the story that Ed Ogeron was telling about, hey, Joe lost his phone, it got broken, whatever. And it's like, oh, we gotta get him a new one. And he said, ah, don't worry about it. I don't need one. I've got a game this weekend. Ed Ogeron tries to hand him the the game ball from the SEC championship and Joe says, nah, I want the national title one. The guy just hands it right not, it not be rude, just hands it right back. It says, I'll take it from the national title. That's the kind of focus. That's not cockiness. That's just confidence. And that's the sort of thing that I think makes it almost impossible to pick against LSU. I I can't. When you go up 56 to 14 in a playoff game (laughs) with like 12 minutes to go. (laughs) With, by the way, Jalen Hurts on the other side. Exactly. It's a playoff game. It's not like it's some non-conference early season game. They sat their first string in a playoff game. They're that good. And like you said, a lot of the times when somebody's wins the Heisman, it's like, okay, at least I've got that. I can kind of cool off everything and play it smart. It wasn't even the score is impressive. The thing that was more impressive was watching the game happen and the throws that Joe Burrow was making. Huge credit to the wide receivers. I don't want all of the attention to go to Joe Burrow because frankly, yeah, a lot of the passes you have to have somebody to throw the ball to. A lot of the passes needed some assistance, but the fact that they were able to do it and in the the wow factor that they were was Unreal. I do not see LSU coming close to losing this game. I think Clemson is good, but if Ohio State makes that many mistakes and you only win by six points, you are not going, if you play the same way, you're not going to give LSU a scare at all. See, I I don't think that's fully fair to Clemson, though, because I, I, I don't, I know you're not saying that you think that they're a bad team, but it wasn't, it wasn't all on Ohio State mistakes, though. I mean, they averaged eight plus yards per play in the second half. Trevor Lawrence outran Justin Fields. Trevor Lawrence made some incredible plays. They drove 94, 98 yards, 94 yards to win the football game. So this sounds eerily familiar to your Oklahoma is going to play better than people expect. It does, doesn't it? But Clemson ain't Oklahoma either. Clemson's won what? 28, 29 games in a row at this point. 29. Like that's just not going to, I mean, it may end, but it's going to end. They're not getting to 30. That may not. That's not just going to end with them crumpling up into a ball somewhere. Trevor Lawrence is still Trevor Lawrence. Travis Etienne is still Travis Etienne. Which I still think is unproven. I don't know. It feels weird saying it because he beat Ohio State in a playoff game. But I mean, he hasn't yeah, had that but who much. Else, who else do you want him to play, though? I want him who to else play, do you want him to play to be able to prove that they belong in this game? LSU. <laughs> I, I don't so know. So there you they, go. You know, I, I don't know. Ohio, There's just something Ohio that State's feels the third weird. best team in the country, right? I think yeah. we all agree Ohio State's the third best team in the country. They played them, and the offense operated at a high level. The key for Clemson is going to be two things. Number one, same thing I said against Ohio State. The defense is going to have to – impossible task, right? But the defense is going to have to make at least two big plays. You're yeah. going to have to have at least two big turnovers to win that football game. You're going to have to. Otherwise, there's no chance in slowing down this LSU offense. What's your, project, what's your o- prediction? Hold on. The other I'm, I just thing, want to know. What, I just want to know what it is. The other thing Clemson has to do is they have to start – Fast. We said this about Ohio State all year, too. Clemson started very slow against Ohio State and probably should have been down about 23 to nothing. 
you can't go down 23 or 16 or 14 or to Alice. <laughs> if LSU kicks a field goal to open this game, <laughs> it's over. Game over. Turn Everyone go to TV. bed early. It's already 830. <laughs> you got work the next morning. But really, it's done. though, you got to start fast. Clemson is still Clemson. LSU is still LSU. I think this will be a close game. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be offensive. I've got LSU, no surprise, but I've got it 38 to 31. 38 31, one touchdown game. I think this is a, a fun offensive game. I think LSU has a little bit more. I don't think Clemson can. I think Clemson can hang with them, but I don't think they have enough to actually beat them. Oh, that would make me so happy and so mad all at the same time because it would make the Buckeyes look better. This but isn't then, about you yes, anymore. It, yes, it always is about us. <laughs> it would make the Buckeyes look better, and then it would show us that we would have had a chance. And that's what I'm kind of resting in is that, okay, we didn't really show up. We could have beat Clemson, but we didn't. But we wouldn't have had a chance against LSU, which is why my score prediction is 42-20. to 20. I think that <laughs> LSU will win by at least three touchdowns. I laugh, by the way, not because it's a uh, bad pick, because LSU can do whatever LSU wants to do. But just the fandom, it's the, always about us. You, you are you are right in one sense, though, that <laughs> I think I think Ohio State has as, would have had as much a shot against LSU as Clemson did. I think the game, the semifinal game proved that those are two pretty even football teams. Unfortunately, and only unfortunately, if you're not an LSU fan, there ain't anybody that can touch LSU this year. Now. When we come back next week and go, well, that was different. Clemson shut him out. That's going to be That's a whole different happen. podcast I, episode. I, I will retire if that happens. I, I that won't happen. LSU's Hold going on. on I'm going to mark that down <laughs> because season three of the rivalry podcast might be just me and random people that I pull off the street. So I've got 38, 31. Mitch has got 42 to 20, both in favor of LSU. Like we said, we'll put that up on Twitter at Jace and Mitch. Retweet that with your score prediction. You could win a gift card courtesy of Raising Canes, Ohio. Enjoy the national championship. We will see you for the final episode of the season next week. It's not just a game. It's the game. You're listening to The Rivalry.